Welcome to Kadampa Podcasts. These podcasts offer practical solutions to daily challenges and help guide us to a happier and more peaceful state of mind. In each episode, you will find an extract from a teaching given by one of various Kadampa Buddhist teachers worldwide. All these teachings are inspired by the profound wisdom of Venerable Geshe Kelsang Gyatso Rinpoche, a Buddhist master for our time. We hope you will enjoy listening. So where does happiness come from? What's the cause? What's the cause of happiness? So this is where Buddha comes in because Buddha observed. He observed the mind. And what did he discover? Well, he discovered a lot of things. He discovered 84,000 things. In fact, we say we say he gave 84,000 teachings because he taught very extensively. And... Uh, but anyway, what's, what's his like initial, like Buddhist practice 101 discovery? Arising through observation, and this is the key point, arising through observation, is he discovered that when the mind settles, when the mind settles, it becomes peaceful. And when it becomes peaceful, it becomes happy. Or as Geshe Kelsang puts it in here, the real source of happiness is inner peace. The real source, the real cause of happiness, the actual cause of happiness, not outside, inside, is inner peace. When the mind is peaceful, Happiness arises naturally. And I want to add on to it, like I said, he discovered that when the mind settles, it naturally becomes peaceful. It naturally becomes happy. So, this is where the experimentation part comes in. We can experiment. Is that true? Is that true for us? All we need to do is allow our mind to settle. Allow your mind to settle. Allow your mind to become more still and discover for yourself when it becomes more still, does it become peaceful? And when it becomes peaceful, does it become happy? So we're about to do this experiment in a little bit. So this process of experimentation within, you know, the... the, within the tradition that we're talking about here, is basically the practice of meditation. That's what you do when you meditate. You experiment. Okay, Buddha said, if I do this, I'll experience this. Let's see if that's true. Let me observe my mind. So there are many, 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 many different types of meditation. Many, many different types of mind experiment that we can do, that we can use to learn how to increase our love, increase our kindness, increase our compassion, definitely increase our happiness, and definitely increase our joy, uh, increase our self-esteem, increase our, our sense of confidence, uh, let go of fear. You name it. There is a method that has been proposed for bringing about that positive state. And on the other hand, letting go of the underlying, we can say, negative state, agitated state that is causing the suffering. 
And those are, we can say, are kind of like Buddha's hypotheses, you know. It's, he's, it's what he discovered to be true, but then we can go ahead and verify it. And of course, I don't know if you know this, but Buddha was around 2,500 years ago, pre-iPhone. And people are still practicing this, and they are still verifying those findings directly in their own experience. That's pretty darn peer-reviewed. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. That is very tried and tested. But nonetheless... Just taking Buddha's word for it and all the subsequent meditation masters, you know, down through the ages, all the great practitioners, the yogis and the yoginis who have practiced generation upon generation, just taking their word for it, yeah, it's inspiring, but it ultimately doesn't help us unless we become the scientists ourselves. We have to do the experimentation. That's the only way you're going to actually benefit from it, right? Because it's a subjective experience. It's a subjective experience. So how are you going to generate that subjective experience? You have to engage in the experimentation yourself, right? So for example, there, like I said, there are many, many different types of meditation. So at the back of this book, How to Transform Your Life, uh, in, there's an appendix and the appendix is called what appendix two called what is meditation, and in what is meditation, Geshe Kelsang teaches a very simple breathing meditation. So breathing meditation is is the one that most people are already familiar with, um, and uh, there are many types of breathing meditation. He teaches a very simple one where you just become aware of the sensation of the air entering and exiting your nostrils. You just like feel the air entering and exiting as you breathe in and breathe out. Just like that. You just feel the sensation. And then what you want to do is just focus your mind on that sensation in a totally relaxed way. You don't need to get tense when you meditate. It's not, not going to facilitate your meditation. You just, you just allow yourself to stay with the experience of the breath as you inhale and exhale, inhale and exhale. Very relaxed. Not, no need to do heavy breathing or anything like that. You just breathe normally, naturally, relaxed. But what you do is you stop paying attention to all your ordinary thoughts, all your worries about whatever, the future, the past, and so forth. You just stop. And instead, you keep bringing your mind back to the breath because your mind will wander, especially if you're new to this practice. Your mind will definitely wander. So you bring it back, and then you bring it back again, and you bring it back again until eventually you find you can kind of get into a groove with the meditation. You know, you're like you're with the breath, like you're settling into the breath where you're just staying with it for one inhalation, one exhalation, another inhalation, another exhalation, like that. You're able to stay with it. Maybe through three, four, five rounds, another thought will come up, distract you, but then you bring it back. Never shout at yourself or anything like that during meditation. Darn, I lost it. Of course you lost it. You've been losing it since... Lifetime, so just bring it back, you know, no, no big deal. But gradually you will begin, even if you're just able to stay with it for three, four, five seconds, you know, you experience a reduction in mental agitation. 
And with the reduction in mental agitation comes an experience of peace. It's not perfect peace yet. You're nowhere near that. But your mind becomes more peaceful. And as Geshe Kelsing explains then, at some point you're going to feel like, oh, my mind, like you're going to feel like it's definitely more peaceful. Again, it doesn't need to be perfect. Like it can be a sort of rough peace, if you know what I mean. Like there's a ways to go. But then he says, at that point, you can shift your focus so that you're no longer focusing on the breath. Now you're just focusing on the peace. You're just enjoying the experience of peace. Such a lovely experience. It's free, by the way. And you carry, we might say, the, the tools with you wherever you go. You have it with you more than you have your phone with you. And that's saying a lot. Always there. You might think you ran out of battery, but actually, it's always there. And as you become better at it, because of course it's, it's training, it's familiarity. We're so used to following whatever random thought pops up into our mind. Would you agree with that? You're not a structured thinker, are you? I mean, I know sometimes you're a structured thinker, but generally speaking, your mind wanders all over the place, doesn't it? And isn't it odd how it often wanders to painful places? Let me just rehash the most humiliating experience of my life. It's strange, isn't it? And then you wonder why we're unhappy. Like there you are, you're breathing, you're feeling quite peaceful. I'm feeling quite peaceful happy and then a little thought comes up when you suddenly remember some acute embarrassment or or whatever painful argument and you're like I'm feeling so peaceful (gasps) what (laughs) and then you go there and it's a little bit like you were you were walking along like like the beach beautiful beach crashing waves sunshine sparkling water you know that feeling you know and you're walking along and then you think oh look there's the trash can just like stick your head in it I'm going to spend the rest of the day in here (laughs) but we do don't we we get trapped sometimes we get trapped in a very very painful place feel like we can't get out of it in part because of not being familiar with what I'm talking about Because we've come to believe in our depression. We've come to believe in our anxiety. In other words, we believe that is me. I am an anxious person. I'm a worrier. Or I am a hurt person. I've been hurt. Therefore, I am a hurt person. I can't act other than as a hurt person. Because I'm so deeply identified with that hurt. And this is where meditation is radical. It's radical in its impact. It's radical. It's fact, 
That's, that doesn't even come close. It is revolutionary in its impact. Why? Because when you practice it regularly, not, you, don't, you don't need to go overboard. You know, it's not like 10 hours a day or anything like that. You know, but just going in there, maybe 15, 20 minutes, you know, 10 minutes to begin with, 5 minutes to begin with. Whatever you can do is better than not doing it. You know? But gradually you begin to develop a confidence. And what is the nature of that confidence? The nature of that confidence is that if I stop focusing on whatever it is that's hurting me right now, whatever it's, that's causing me this pain, and instead I just disengage from those thoughts and allow my mind, for example, to stay with the breath for a period of time, my mind will settle. And when it settles, it will naturally settle into a peaceful mind. What's that telling us? Anyway, don't take my word for it. But in a moment, you're going to meditate on it yourself. But let me just uh, read this. Uh, well, I'll just read a little bit from the appendix. At first, our mind will be very busy. And we might even feel that the meditation is making our mind busier. But in reality, we are just becoming more aware of how busy our mind actually is. I remember this experience myself, and definitely many people have come up to me and said, I never used to be this distracted until I started meditating. <laughs> that is not true. You simply did not have a counterpoint. You had nothing to sort of evaluate it by. Now you're beginning to recognize just how distracted you are. It's not a new thing. But now you're, 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 do you know what I mean? Like suddenly you have like a, an, an opposing view that you can bring to it. There will be a great temptation to follow the different thoughts as they arise, but we should resist this and remain focused single-pointedly on the sensation of the breath. If we discover that our mind has wandered and is following our thoughts, we should immediately return it to the breath. We should repeat this as many times as necessary until the mind settles on the breath. If we practice patiently in this way, gradually our distracting thoughts will subside and we will experience a sense of inner peace and relaxation. Our mind will feel lucid and spacious and we will feel refreshed. Like I say, this is free. Your mind will feel lucid. When did you last feel lucid and spacious and refreshed? When the sea is rough, sediment is churned up, and the water becomes murky, but when the wind dies down, the mud gradually settles, and the water becomes clear. Perfect analogy. Allow the mud of the mind to settle, and gradually the mind will become clear. In a similar way, when the otherwise incessant flow of our distracting thoughts is calmed through concentrating on the breath, our mind becomes unusually lucid and clear. Not just lucid and clear, unusually lucid and clear. We should stay with this state of mental calm for a while. So that's the object of meditation itself. It's just the mental calm. Enjoying it, not grasping at it. Don't get tight about it. Just hanging with it. You're kind of bobbing with it a bit. Because, you know, the mind's going to still be moving. It's not going to be perfect. 
But you're just like, hey, this is nice, peace, calm, this is cool, I like this, hanging with it. Even though breathing meditation is only a preliminary stage of meditation, because there are many, many, many other meditations that we can learn on the basis of this one, it can be quite powerful. We can see from this practice that it is possible to experience inner peace and contentment just by controlling the mind without having to depend at all upon external conditions. That's going to give you confidence. You don't need the external conditions. By all means, I mean, we all need some kind of external conditions to live, obviously food and relationships and so forth like that. But what we don't want to think is, I need them for my happiness. Because you have your own source of happiness inside. Always available. So this is one of my all-time favorite sentences. Many of you will have heard this many times before, if you've come before. When the turbulence of distracting thoughts subsides and our mind becomes still, a deep happiness, a deep happiness and contentment naturally arise from within. Woo. When the turbulence of distracting thoughts subsides. So that, that can take a little while getting used to that, and the mind becomes still, a deep happiness and contentment naturally arise from within. So this was Buddha's discovery, that happiness is natural. Or we could even go further on the basis of this and say happiness is your nature. if you allow yourself to experience it. But we're up there like following all the crazy thoughts and why we have crazy thoughts, why we have thoughts that take us in the wrong direction, that move us away from happiness. We'll have to explore more, you know, in the ensuing weeks. But already this is something that I've just explained that we can discover through observation and experimentation. And if you do that, well, I suspect... This is my suspicion <laughs> that you will verify Buddha's findings in your own experience. If you feel inspired by this podcast, then dive deeper into the timeless wisdom of modern Kadampa Buddhism by following the link in the episode description. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the next episode of Kadampa Podcasts.